Hello and welcome to IR Thinker, where international affairs are discussed. I'm Martin Zubko. Today I'm curious about the concept of political myth, especially applied to Russia. I'm joined by Professor Bo Peterson. Hello. Hello. From Mauno University, Department of Global Political Studies, and he's also director of the Russia, Ukraine, and the Caucasus Regional Research Center located at the university. Professor Peterson wrote six books, and the latest one is The Putin Predicament, Problems of Legitimacy and Succession in Russia. Even though I'm thinking and I'm sure that he's already working on the second edition due to the ongoing events. Professor Peterson also published many peer review articles across the international high impact journals. So I'm very delighted that he could join us today. His role today is going to be to explain to us the concept of political myth and how it can be operationalized in the analysis of the contemporary politics, especially when we speak about Russia. So we divided this talk in six sections and we have six key questions. Let's start with the first one. How do you define the concept of political myth and how it can be applied to contemporary politics, especially when we speak about Russia? We want to have a complex view. What does it mean when we speak about the concept of political myth? Thank you very much, Martin. And uh, I'm delighted to be here. And um, so, so I, I really appreciate the, um, the invitation uh, that you gave me. Um, yeah, uh, I've been working on the concept of, of political myth for quite some time, um, and um, uh, there is a, a pretty substantive literature uh, out there. Um, but when when going through the different uh, definitions of political myth that are uh, presented in the literature, I think, uh, to my mind, the, the uh, uh, the, the the by far the best one uh, is the one offered by the um, uh, scholar of um, uh, history of religions, uh, Ronald Boer, who um, defined political myth as a uh, an important story, a story that um, makes uh, makes a difference that, that is important to people. Um, I often found when when uh, uh, when uh, giving talks um, outside of the academia, but also inside it, that it is a somewhat tricky concept to use in the sense that um, the um, the everyday understanding of of myth is that it is something that is kind of false and deceitful, and it might very well be, but it. It need not, and 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 here I rely also on the expertise of, for instance, Chiara Bottici, who argues that the um, uh, the inherent truth value, the philosophical truth value of of the political myth, is actually unimportant because it might be wrong, it might be right, uh, but the main thing is that it is believed in and believed in by a substantial number of people uh, who follow. Uh, the credo uh, of the political myth um, that uh, is as, as a starter um, one should also I think uh, compare the concept to other related concepts that are uh, of, uh, used in the literature and are uh, quite popular there for for good reasons I'm particularly thinking of the, the concept of strategic narratives um, and I would say that the the main difference and the real the um, uh, the reason why I have uh, stuck with uh, clung to the continue to cling to the to, to the concept of political myth is that I see uh, I'm appealed by the uh, kind of uh, quasi religious uh, connotations that it has because it is more based on on on. Um, uh, emotions and be, uh, emotionally laden beliefs than uh, cognitively defined uh, and instrumental beliefs that I think are more uh, kind of um, uh, associated with with the concept of strategic narratives. So, but but uh, again, it it is a tricky concept to use uh, in in certain concepts since um, try to make a point that. 
uh, it is a um, uh, a concept that can be used uh, and should be used across many countries and and contexts and cultures, not only Russia, of course. Uh, so I've also applied the concept to Sweden uh, in in my earlier writings, and then I I confronted the um, the uh, the idea of, of of Swedish neutrality uh, with the which was once upon a time uh, with with the concept of of political myth, and and even though I had I initially given a long uh, explanation uh, along the same lines of what I did here, that it uh, really doesn't matter whether it's true or false. Then there was a seasoned diplomat in the audience who uh, raised his hand towards the end of my my um, uh, my presentation and said that, well, he for one could not accept that I really um, uh, described my, the, the notion of Swedish neutrality for which he had labored so long during his professional career as a myth. And then it was apparently lost that it doesn't really matter whether, whether it was true or false. But but I, I, again, I, I think it is it, it is uh, uh, its value lies in the uh, uh, in the connotations of quasi religious appeal and mass uh, uh, mass following uh, that that is a, a defining characteristic of, of political myth because if um, unless a substantial number of people believe in it and and act on it as if it was true uh, then it is not a political myth and it's something else right and when you when you said that it's tricky to use this concept what sort of shortcomings can you see when you read dissertations or maybe some research papers when people try to use the concept but maybe they are not 100% accurate when using mm. it. Well, who am I to say who is accurate or not? Because that is, uh, that is a matter to be discussed in, in scholarly uh, settings and in, in, in academic seminars, I think. Um, but to my mind, uh, the, um, uh, the most common pitfall uh, is to uh, kind of use uh myth as as a syno synonymous to uh to something that is deceitful and and uh, uh and a lie as uh, a, a hoax and um so i would say that that uh, the uh, the majority of of articles using the concept use it in the uh, everyday speech manner mm -hmm. and in terms of popularity we know how for instance, discourse is getting popular, social constructivism. What's the situation with the political myth as a concept in the research at the moment? Uh, of course, it's a kind of, uh, it is uh, a, a um, well, part of the, of the universe of, of discourse. It's, it is, uh, you, you need to employ uh, discourse analysis if you do study political myth. So it's a, uh, a kind of indispensable uh, methodological tool to get at it, um, and but I would say that that in theoretical terms, the the, the most uh, closely related term is the one on, uh, that I mentioned on on um, uh, strategic narratives, uh, and and of course, again, I would say that that the uh, the concept of of strat narrative uh, is wider uh, than the concept of political myth. What role do political myth play in legitimizing or delegitimizing political power and the authority in Russia? And how do Russian politicians use these myths for or to their advantages? Yes, uh, thank you. That is basically what I've uh, written about in my, my most recent book, which just to... to, to uh, uh, follow up on what you mentioned in your kind introduction there there is a certainly a follow up to that book uh in the in the pipeline but um i, I should have advanced further than i have but uh, it's uh, it's it's due to to kind of be completed uh by the end of next year so i hope to be able to follow that timetable i i am sure that that many interesting events will happen till that time uh, i'm afraid uh, there will be yes 
Um, to my mind, this uh, the concept of or the phenomenon of, of political myth has play, played a vast uh, vast role in Putin's Russia, and uh, Putin himself has been the, the the master wizard here in in, in uh, using and wielding these political myths to his to his advantage. Early on, uh, from the earliest days of his his presidency. Uh, so far as far back as uh, you one is able to remember uh, almost uh, in the early 2000s um then he uh, above all uh, advanced two uh two myths that were kind of mutually um uh, interdependent uh the uh, the great power uh idea of russia or russia as a uh, predetermined eternal great power harking back to the ancestry of of, of Peter the Great once upon a time and and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, kind of god-given idea that Russia is bound to be a great power no matter the circumstances um, and uh, so everything else was out of the question and and um, uh, Putin managed to picture himself rather early on as the guarantor of the uh, resurgence of, of uh, Russian great powerhood after the unruly uh, 1990s. Um, which leads me to the second uh, myth that, that he, he, he managed to, to exploit uh, very successfully, namely that Russia, despite this status as a great power, from time to time is subjected to periods of uh, of of um, of trouble uh, of of smuta, uh, as Russian term goes, of, um, of times of trouble, where the um, the political structures are uncertain and and highly challenged, uh, when foreign intervention is afoot, and when the people need to unite behind a strong leader to throw the insurgents out, and um, well, to cut a long story short, there. Uh, this is a story that, of course, then uh, originally uh, appeared in the um, uh, in the early 16th century, um, and but uh, has then been uh, exploited and re-exploited many times over, and uh, uh, presented as cyclically reappearing in Russian history. At, and the last, last, most recent instance of that. Uh, was then, in, according to today's political discourse, uh, the 1990s and the uh, Yeltsin uh, presidency uh, in the wake of the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And uh, then Putin was, of course, depicted uh, in, in, this, uh, in this storytelling, in this myth, as the person who um, appeared in the nick of time to rescue the nation and to unite the people behind him and uh, throw the insurgents out uh, to return to its kind of predetermined great powerhood. So these two uh, political myths were kind of were connected. They depended on each other and fed off each other, so to speak. Uh, so... Uh, uh, Putin and uh, his um, uh, his circle of 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 um, of, of um, companions ruled rather solidly uh, and and securely on the basis of these two elements uh, of political myth um, during the t first two presidencies, uh, thereby helped along, of course, uh, by the. By the very advantages, uh, world market prices in in uh, in oil and gas, which um, helped uh, Russian economy to uh, to kind of um, um, heal and 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 reassert itself uh, in in a very short time. Um, then came the. Uh, uh, the interim years, uh, the the Medvedev parentheses and so on, uh, between the years of 2008 and 2012, and uh, there was the uh, the there were the Balotnaya uh, riots, uh, protests, um, and there were there was uh, public indignation. Um, Rightfully so, of course, with the uh, cynical kind of arrangement between uh, 
Medvedev and Putin concerning the uh, uh, re-handing back of the presidencies to Putin uh, in connection with the with the elections in 2012. Um, and uh, and of course malfeasance and electoral fraud uh, in the uh, preceding two my elections and also the presidential elections. So so again to to um, to cut the long story short, uh, there was an obvious need for a new kind of 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 political myth being introduced. It was not new, but it was. It was very much uh, kind of reinforced and uh, very heavily stressed. And what I'm aspiring to to now is the uh, the myth about the uh, malevolent West, uh, the the uh, demoralized, degenerated West that um, kind of um, uh, on all at all times seems to tries to infect Russia, destroy Russia. And where Russia is bound to to play uh, the role of the stronghold against such moral uh, corruption, uh, it was very much applauded by the uh, Russian Orthodox Church and uh, kind of cemented an alliance between the Church and uh, the Putin regime at the time. Um, and this is the uh, the third this third uh, myth uh, is the one that has been now. Um, reinforced and transformed into a crescendo uh, in in connection with the um, the ongoing f- full scale war against Ukraine. Because uh, whereas it 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 in the first days after its launch in let's say 2012, 2013, 2014, was a little bit jeered at and sneered at by by. Uh, uh, analysts in in the West as a kind of anomaly, as an, an anachronism. Uh, now uh, there are many who have realized the full potential of it to kind of introduce a Manichaean worldview uh, that is uncompromising and that that um, really uh, leaves no room for compromise uh, in in the conflict between Russia and the West. Right. When you spoke about Putin and then Medvedev, do you think that Putin was or is aware of those myths, that he is developing them, or how he is associated with those myths? Was there any break point that he said, like, this is what I will apply to my political career? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that he uh, the uh, that he has all along been been surrounded by a, a, a team of a very well uh, kind of educated and and gifted spin doctors who've uh, been able to kind of uh, well uh, tailor make uh, these myths uh, to Putin because they have not been constructed out of thin air. They are sentiments and popular ideas that have been there for a long time, for centuries even. And um, I'm sure that 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 Putin has had certain uh, some basic instincts about this himself. But that that his spin doctors have been able to to kind of craft this even more and 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 reinforce it. So in in these. Uh, if I may use the related term uh, narrative, in these narratives, uh, uh, it is quite clear that 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 Putin has been constructed as the uh, uh, the person, the embodiment uh, of of the heroes of of, of these myths, uh, and that has been in such a way uh, so as to um, make things very difficult for any successor uh, to um, uh, that is bound to, to appear uh, sooner or later. So when you were researching Putin and then when Medvedev took over, can you see any differences in development of that concept or basically Medvedev was continuing in what Putin set up before? Well, there was a time when he seemed to be a man of a somewhat independent action uh, with concerning his his um, uh, discourse on mo- the need to modernize and to um, uh, to kind of develop uh, the industrial and technological potential of of Russia. Uh, that was uh, in a, a, a kind of twist to the um, to the great power uh, myth. Uh, but uh, with a slightly different understanding than uh, the uh, 
the heavily geopolitical connotations that that uh, the, the the Putin regime has given to um, to 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 that uh, um, that narrative, but. Um, uh, then we all uh, we are all well aware of the transformation, very negative, such that um, that Medvedev has undergone in in, in recent years, when he is uh, kind of uh, expressing himself in in even more uh, radical uh, ways than than his master. Uh, um, Maybe to enhance his own credibility as a successor, I don't know, but um, uh, one cannot help but feel a sentimental longing back to the days of of, of his uh, his early the early years of his presidency and how this myth i mean what putin was setting up through his years of being in political power is influencing people around him because you know you are the president but there are ministries there are institutions can you cover all of them with one myth just to to state one basic uh fact there is a a a um um a concept uh, which i am pretty fond of uh, is the one coined by the sociologist uh, the the british sociologist uh, duncan bell uh, some years back uh, concerning a mythscape and that is to say that there is not one uh, one single ruling political myth out there but there were several ones that kind of uh, that that uh, contest each other at times that uh, but can also reinforce each other and and uh, that is what i tried to show earlier that 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 uh, putin and his pen doctors have been very successful at kind of uh, masterminding these uh, the three maybe most prevalent ones and and uh, make them play uh, harmonize with with each other um uh, so so um and but but that that is the the disadvantage uh, of political myth and i think i i uh, earlier referred to uh, uh, to ronald boer uh, who also um, has made the observation that that myth can also be a cunning uh, companion in the sense that it can uh, pretty much like the ring in in, in lord of the rings that that, that um uh, it can desert its own old master uh, if it, uh, if there is a feeling that this person, that the leader, does not really fulfill his role according to the myth, and others might be in a better position to do so, uh, then it can be a really false companion uh, and 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 kind of uh, turn against its former master. Uh, but then there was also something in your question that kind of um that uh made me think of the misunderstanding of myth that this is just myth this is just false um we have to remember of course uh that that russia is an authoritarian political system uh with a uh, whenever uh more restraining more uh, increasingly restrictive room restricted room for for dissensus and and for um deviating and differentiate different views on things so um uh, even though uh, there might be people uh, in the political elites who do not, in their own thinking, kind of associate themselves with a certain mode of action, according prescribed according to uh, to political myth. Say the the uh, the ever present conflict between Russia and the West, uh, then it's not really conducive to that person's political career to say so and to to. Uh, to voice that opinion uh, publicly. Um, so either uh, it's about uh, paying lip service uh, or uh, it is about uh, not saying anything at all. Right, just quick follow up, uh, because naturally there is the second question. Can we identify any tools or instruments that help to that leader to keep a control over that political myth? How do we keep control over the myth? Or is it even possible to do it? No, probably not. I, I, what, what I have argued in, the, uh, in my, my book uh, is that 
that uh, the um, uh, the ability to 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 uh, to tell to communicate the good story in the political myth tradition uh, also um is associated with with the with the uh, weberian concept of charismatic legitimacy uh, that the political leader needs to have some kind of communi- communicative deftness to be able to to be credible uh and unless that leader is credible in that sense uh he or she would also lose uh the um, the, the mastery over political myth so uh, i i would say that this this was very obvious um uh, to the observer uh in the years 2020 when um, when Putin all of a sudden did not really seem like the um, uh, the able doer uh, that he has always tried to depict himself as, uh, he was confronted by the uh, uh, the very charismatic figure of of, of Alexei Navalny, um, with all his energy at that time and vigor. Uh, and it was also confront, confronted structurally by um, by the ugly, ugly phenomenon of COVID nineteen, which uh, kind of cut Putin very much down to size, um, and and did not at all uh, show him as a courageous uh, and and um, uh, uh, bold political actor, rather as someone who was uh, kind of uh, disinclined to do anything at all. When it comes to the political myth, can we say that it must have a certain stability during the political career of the leader so he can implement that myth? And if so, can we identify any ups and downs when Putin was working with that concept of political myth? I would say that there are, and that, that is a distinction that I'm that I'm working on right now uh, in my writings, that there are there are political myths at different levels. Oh, I see. Okay. So there are other meta narratives which I mentioned already. The three mm-hmm. big ones: the yeah, uh, yeah. the great power thing, the major powerhood, the the uh, the cyclical re- reappearing times of troubles, and the uh, the ever present contestation with the West. Um, then there are kind of supplementary myths uh, that can be. Uh, applied a more kind of uh, piecemeal in a sense uh, that could serve to prop up the myths, uh, but it could also maybe serve a bit to erode um, the the leading political actors in their kind of uh, uh, acting out on the myths. And and to to uh, to uh, I would I would say that the um, uh, the uh, uh, the action-oriented leader is one of those, one one of the such uh, supplementary myths, uh, which uh, Putin personified for quite uh, quite uh, a substantial number of years. Uh, we remember those um, ridiculous uh, photos with him uh, riding bare-chested uh, on, on 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 horses and so on, fishing in a stream or whatever. Um, which were by and by replaced by the elderly statesmen who rather tried to signal stability or even, well, that's a, even stagnation perhaps in a way, um, in, a, uh, in, a, in a fashion uh, comparable to his uh, Central Asian counterparts. Um, and um, uh, I would tend to to suggest that this was a consistent strategy to go from the uh, the action man to the to the sage to the uh, wise political leader but it was not altogether efficient uh, and um, so uh, a, a different narrative was was needed and not saying that that uh, this was uh, a uh, a primary objective uh, behind the um, uh, the decision to to uh, launch on the all-out uh, war on Ukraine, um, but um, 
there is uh, some kind of, um, uh, of of substance to it that that this depiction of 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 uh, the uh, of the uh, wise and aging leader was was not really uh, as pop as as popularly appealing as it was hoped for uh, to be. Let's let's move on and let's speak a little bit about the concept of the political myth in terms of the society, meaning to unite or to polarize the society in Russia. What can we see in this way happening or it happened and in which way we can assess that political myth? Can we even predict what will happen in the near future based on what we already have or not? Yeah, we know that the... Um... The idea of Russia being a, a predetermined great power is very is very popular uh, among people uh, in 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 the Russian population, and um, that was really one of the major reasons why uh, why Putin was uh, elected in the first place in the um, uh, in the early two uh, thousands uh, that he that he uh, managed to restore the credibility of a, a Russian great powerhood. Uh, well. First of all, putting Chechnya to heel, and uh, and 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 also depicting uh, Chechnya as the kind of universal evil at that time uh, behind all negative, um, well, uh, manifestations that then uh, were prevalent in, in in Russian society, and that shows also the uh, the uniting and disuniting uh, potential of the concept of political myth, because uh, it is the matter of finding that story that I mentioned that is that makes an, uh, a difference to people, uh, that is important to people in general. Um, but it is like uh, it has been told about uh, national identity as such. It's a great thing for for those who are. Uh, who are on the inside, but there has to also be someone on the outside who is uh, kind of uh, who is the other, who is uh, the uh, uh, the force that needs to be kind of combated and 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 struggled with, uh, and 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 uh, thus deemed not to be worthy and uh, to be uh, to be shunned. Uh, so that is the disuniting potential. Um, and uh, it's like someone said that it's like a refrigerator, but uh, but a, re a refrigerator in reverse. Uh, it is uh, warm and cozy on the inside, but uh, forbidding the cold on the outside. Right. I think it, to, to, to some extent, it sounds logical to use the concept to unite a society. But are there any instances when a leader wants to use the concept to polarize the society? Well, think about um, think of Donald Trump. He used the concept to polarize society, to to make America great again, but to to do so on on a Trumpian terms. Uh, that was pretty much about uh, polarizing, uh, reaching power through the polarization. Right, and when we touch a bit the war in Ukraine, and the concept of political myth uniting the society, how is Putin doing? in this way at the moment according to uh to the monthly political monthly um, uh polls by the levada center he is doing the president is doing pretty well in in, in uh, maintaining the beliefs and in, in, in his uh, ability to uh, deliver on on the russian great powerhood um because uh according to to the um to those measures he is still beyond uh, above 80 80 percent of of uh, of um, uh, kind of um, uh, approval, um, and and uh, this is of course uh, what you uh, what you mentioned earlier as as the uh, way of of um, well achieving popularity internally through uh, polarizing and through uh, depicting an an, inter an external other. Uh, and and uh, that has been uh, all the time 
uh, a defining characteristic in, in, in Putin's presidencies. Uh, he started out with Chechnya, as I mentioned. He moved on to uh, kind of uh, uh, pinpointing the oligarchs as, as the main enemies. Uh, it was Estonia there for a while in connection with the bronze soldier incident. Uh, then then there was Georgia in 2008, and uh, then it's been Ukraine. And and, and uh, Ukraine as a, as a proxy for, for the West and for, for the US. Uh, so that is his ma- mode of of or kind of um, of governing uh, and being at the top. Right. And when we when we spoke when we just spoke about this uh, uniting the society and creating some concepts, I'm thinking about people who are Russians, but they live abroad and they have certain statues. For instance, Khodorkovsky, you know, some actors, some singers who left Russia. Mm. Can they potentially be obstacle for Putin continuing to sustain the myth or to, to basically keep that narrative as it is? Or they can represent a power as a counter power against this myth? I would say that uh, it's closest at hand that they are depicted as traitors and uh, that are that as depicted as, as, uh, as persons who kind of... Uh, uh, bear witness to to the um, uh, to the um, uh, truths of of the myths that um, uh, Russia uh, is always at risk. Russia is always beleaguered by the West, and uh, uh, and the West is at times helped by internal traders uh, to uh, try to get at Russia and to 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 bring it down. Um, uh, of course, there might be a formidable uh, persons uh, in those circles that you mentioned that could kind of launch counter myths and make it credible uh, in the mythscape that um, the uh, the official interpretation is is no longer valid. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, let's hope for that 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 will be the case. Um, and and. Um, because it's it's not that many years ago, after all, that uh, the uh, the political myths propping up the Soviet Union uh, well turned out to be pretty hollow, uh, and were not followed by uh, by the popular majority. So so, um, uh, but probably the need to, there needs to be setbacks, politically, militarily, economically, in order for those counter myths to be true, credible. Because I also notice uh, when I'm watching some YouTube uh, videos made by those people, there was the implementation of the concept of being a foreigner agent. So when mm. they have the video, they put that sort of notice before the video starts that they are, you know, foreign agents or, or basically they are marked as foreign agents by Russia or Russian government. And I think this also contributes to some sort of you know, protection of that myth. Because otherwise, without that notice, you know, you would consider those people as as Russian people. But suddenly Mm. you have that barrier. Oh, he or she belongs to that foreign agent category. Can we trust him or her Mm. or not? So I'm, I'm, because, you know, I'm watching many those videos about life, about culture, history, and not all of them are related to politics. But still, they have that barrier being marked or labeled as a foreign agent. So that's just my observation of mm. when we were speaking about how to keep or how to maintain that concept of myth. You know, this little help is so significant because mm. in those videos, the, not, the notice is for like 10 or 15 seconds over there is a black screen with the white writings. I was labeled as a foreign agent. So that, that's my experience, you know, how how you can help to protect that political myth. I think you're quite uh, quite right. And uh, again, I would say that the spin doctors mm. know what they are doing. Mm. That, that's a good expression. Let's touch a little bit the Russian identity, which is a whole complex concept. And you know, we can speak about it for six hours. <laughs> but can we, can, we, can we assess how much of the myth or the concept of myth is in the contemporary Russian identity. Yeah, I would say that um, 
and I think I've touched upon this earlier that uh, that uh, uh, the, um, the the myth that is really a uh, central component part to the national identity is the notion of Russia as a great power, uh, as a predetermined great power. And that's it. It is kind of uh, unthinkable to uh, to have it other way, any other way. Um, and and of course, it's not. Uh, Russia is not unique in this. I mean, uh, you have the same ideas in 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 the United States. You have the same idea in France, uh, for instance. Um, China, without without doubt. So so. Um, uh, I, I I'm not saying that Russia is a unique case here. Uh, but that is probably the uh, uh, the most kind of outstanding characteristic in in, in this regard, and and connoted, uh, connected to this, there is also the the pretty popular idea that that Russia needs to tread its own path. It's uh, it is a distinct kind of civilization. Uh, it stands for an alternative, and so on. Um, as as contrasted with the uh, pretty popular idea in the 90s that uh, Russia needed to approach uh, the the West and and join the West before to the West. If there was one element or maybe sentence that we should really add to that contemporary Russian identity, what would it be? What would you add to that Russian identity so it can be more accurate? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Realism. Okay. And why? Uh, that there are certain limitations to um, uh, to an individual, uh, to the, the to the power of, of of an individual state. So, if we move in, when we mentioned contemporary as as, as a word there is a young generation and those people, they use internet, they use social media and all those instruments of the modern age. How is this modern age in relation to the concept of political myth? I myself belong to the older generation. So uh, that is that is not really my my world. Uh, but I would say that, of course, the uh, the concept of new social media adds uh quite new dimensions to to the to, to the myth making uh with all memes and so on that are being added um and and i remember if only you uh return go back tw- 10 years 10 or 12 years in 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 time uh then there was a, a, t- a time when when uh, when uh, putin was was quite ridiculed in social media uh very heavily uh to an extent that i i don't think is uh, today because it's um uh, it 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 would be kind of um uh it would be subject to um to legal consequences um and but but um uh, it add it adds a new dimension to the mythscape, uh, definitely. Uh, it also adds a new dimension to the poss- uh, opportunities for the state to uh, to create uh, to 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 uh, kind of spread its disinformation uh, and to uh, discredit uh, counter narratives uh, in in different ways. So uh, there is a jungle out there. It could be. Uh, it could be used constructively. It could be used productively. It could also be used with, with uh, disastrous consequences. Um, and um, one one thing that one could say in 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 this context is, of course, that uh, we mentioned Navalny earlier. And uh, while he was not uh, pen- while he was still not uh, kind of um, uh, uh, incarcerated, uh, then then he. Um, he, he was, of course, a master uh, in his generation of 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 of, the, of social media use and and dwarfed uh, the regime uh, in in that sense and show show the power uh, of of, um, of 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 this kind of uh, contrastive landscape. When I was researching the discourse of Medvedev in the past, you know, I had to go to Ria Novosti, Komerstat, all those newspapers to basically grab something if I wanted to use something else than the official documents on the official websites. 
But then I think the Russian elite, they understood that Twitter was not entirely for them because they could be blocked. So they jumped to Telegram. And if you mm. go nowadays, Medvedev, for instance, is using Telegram because nobody can block him on Telegram. Mm. Otherwise, the Telegram as a company will block, block his channel. But that freedom of expression in some way, I think it was accelerated by the social media because they could say something immediately without going to the Ria Novosti or Russia One TV channel, you know. So you have more flexibility with social media to maintain, to keep, to accelerate the concept of political myth in, in that extent. That's, that's my personal observation based on my research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I think you're quite right. Um, then then uh, even if he moved on to Telegram, I, my impression is that Medvedev is not altogether successful in, in, in that setting either. But um, that's another story, perhaps. Yeah, but, but in some way, if, if we have to be critical, you know, in some way, all the Western media are on it. So we have the connection of, of spreading those information anyway, which I think in some way helps him. Even though, mm. even though statements are very, you know, controversial slash radical, but he has that sort of freedom. So I think in some way, after, after listening to what you were saying, that social media might accelerate a little bit that flow of information, which might help to those leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... yeah. On, on the other hand, you know, also social media can go backwards because, as I said, people who live abroad might also have channels criticizing Putin's regime. Or Absolutely. Medvedev. So let's go for the, for the last question. And the last question would be, we want to speak about this concept as something that junior researchers, maybe some students, would like to use in their work, maybe publishing papers, books. Mm. What would be your recommendation? How to approach this concept? So we have, on one hand, the accuracy of expression, some ethical con- considerations, you know, and we don't fall into the trap that behind everything is Russia, behind everything is the West, you know. So how would you address this to those people? I think I've hinted at one, uh, one uh, well, route earlier, uh, namely to... Um, uh, to avoid thinking of political myth as a theoretical tool that is only applicable to Russia. Uh, I mentioned early on that I had uh, used the concept in researching uh, Swedish politics, for instance, and I, I did also mention the, uh, the use uh, and usefulness of of the the concept uh, when in studies of of the United States, of France, of of China, of, of the UK. And I think that is quite important uh, because we don't want to end up in, 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 uh, in the trap of essentializing Russia, uh, eternalizing Russia, and uh, well, uh, taking for, for granted that, uh, that, that Russia cannot be changed and Russia is unique and all this. Um, and so, but rather it's the matter of social constructions and social phenomena that are comparable to uh, uh, similar phenomena in other states and and should be assessed accordingly. Um, Then there is, of course, also um, another danger that should be averted, namely to... um, to uh, take the uh, the political myths at face value, and to uh, uh, well, kind of uh, advertise them as if they were these truths that uh, uh, that I, I originally from the outset claimed that they cannot be uh, interpreted as. Um, so all the time, be critical uh, and. Uh, Bear in mind that that uh, there is there is no uniqueness in this. Can we can we touch a little bit and reveal a little bit your methodology? You are working with what sort of sources when you are researching the political myth? 
above all uh, official political speeches uh, of uh, official texts um, and and uh, uh, yeah uh, that 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 has been the main source and, and when you have those sources in English Russian maybe French is there an impact when you're translating those texts or not really or how, uh, how, how important is to is to understand the language when you're researching the sources based on your experience of course of course it's it's very it is important mm -hmm. uh, and to be quite honest I've been using both uh, Russian and and English versions of of those speeches uh, I may not at all times have been consistent in comparing the two versions uh, but in in cases when I have then of course one notices that whereas the translations are mostly quite okay, uh, then there are portions that are kind of uh, left out uh, and and uh, kind of uh, not tra being translated at all. Um, so, but but uh, definitely, the, the the one one should make a more consistent analysis out of that, and I think someone has surely done so. Can you say a few words about the center? Because at the beginning we had an introduction when I know when I spoke about the center, the Russia, Ukraine, and the Caucasus Research Center. What are you guys doing in, in Sweden? What, what, what <laughs> trends are you researching? And maybe a few words for students, maybe possible your students, you know, people who are interested in reading your work, maybe your colleagues. Mm. So what is the center about? Like, what, what would you say about it? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, we are uh, to start with, at Malmö University is the second youngest uh, research uh, university in Sweden. So it was given those credentials uh, as research university only five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it was founded as a university 25 years ago. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Rukar Center, the Russia, Ukraine and the Caucasus Regional Research Center uh, is uh, pretty small. Uh, congregation, uh, but we bring together some fine scholars of, of um, uh, well, in, within the political science tradition, uh, doing research on 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 Russia and the U and Russia, Ukraine, and and um, neighboring states, uh, and we bring it together uh, our expertise with uh, linguistic expertise, uh, human human humans. Humanities expertise uh, on on the Caucasus. Uh, so uh, uh, we form a rather uh, dynamic milieu, I would say, uh, in 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 that sense. Thank you very much. That was Professor Bo Peterson from Malmo University. Thank you very much for giving us the insights about the concept of political myth, and uh, thank you very much for your time, for your for your words, and for your encouragement for young junior researchers to use the concept in the future studies. Again, my pleasure to speak with you. Thank you again. You're welcome. It was my pleasure as well. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye and see you next time. Well, goodbye.